Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull and Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code Ben at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull and Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code Ben. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. While the media fulminate about a supposed coup, the legal process moves forward. Media outlets push social media outlets to censor conservatives and COVID hospitalizations hit record levels. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let others track what you do. Keep yourself safe at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, first note, happy Veterans Day. Thank you to everyone who has stood between those who would seek to destroy our freedoms and the protection of Americans. Those people are the line between freedom and tyranny, the line between civilization and non-civilization. So find a veteran and thank a veteran today. If you're in our audience and you're a veteran, we thank you. You are the best among us for sure. Okay, we're going to get to all the news in just one moment. First, let us talk about the fact that you're spending too much on your cell phone bill. What if there are a company that gave you amazing deals every day? Well, that's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company. Think AT&T, but much better, who understands what it means to serve you. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. See, here's the thing. When you buy one of the other wireless programs, what you're getting is unlimited data. You don't need unlimited data. What you need is unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. Switching to Pure Talk is the easiest decision you're going to make today. You can keep your phone and your number, or you can get great deals on the latest iPhones and Android. Grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, and say Ben Shapiro. When you do, you save 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro to get started. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. You're getting the same coverage you'd get from any other wireless network. Excellent coverage for a lower price. What exactly are you waiting for? Go check out Pure Talk USA today. Dial pound 250. Say my name, Ben Shapiro, to get started and save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk USA. Go check them out right now. Okay, so right now, the legal process continues unabated. There are lawsuits. The lawsuits have been filed. They will be examined by courts. There are investigations that are going on into voter fraud and voter irregularity. We'll see how widespread these are. And yet everybody is in such a rush, such a rush. So we've been told a few things. One, we're being told this is a coup. And the media are very upset about this. This is a coup. It's not a coup, as we'll explain in a second. So usually a coup requires you to actually violate the law. I'm sorry, not a single state has certified its election result yet. Not a single elector has voted yet. So what the hell are you talking about, a coup? Like, what were you even saying? Okay, so that's narrative number one that you are hearing. Narrative number two you are hearing is, well, if the, transi if the transition isn't sped up right now, if Trump doesn't concede and then speed up the transition, well, then clearly that's going to lead to dire ramifications down the line. Yeah, bullcrap. Okay, so all of that comes from a 9-11 report, the 9-11 commission report that suggested that because the transition from the Clinton administration to the Bush administration was delayed in 2000, that somehow led to 9-11. That's nonsense. The reality is that that was a cover story for the fact that the Clinton administration basically let Al-Qaeda run wild. It was not about the transition. 
Yeah, the, the fact is that there were serious governmental problems that preceded the transition. There were serious governmental problems after the transition before 9-11. But this idea that if Trump doesn't turn over the keys to the car to Joe Biden today, that somehow the United States is in innate danger. Joe Biden doesn't have any power until January 20th. It takes a little while to transition in, but he doesn't actually have any power until January 20th, even if Trump were to concede the election today. So basically, the media are now creating a crisis where none exists, and they're steadfastly determined to have no sense of humor about this entire thing. We, we have to see the media has been ramped up to such an extent. They've been the media. You know, I, I don't like language with regard to stealing elections or rigging elections. But I think it is fair to say that the media attempted to rig this election in advance. That does not mean they changed the process. It means that they used all the authority they could possibly wield in order to lie to the American public about a variety of narratives ranging from Russian collusion to President Trump's sole responsibility for covid. And now they're so ramped up. They've been ramped up since Trump was elected in 2016. And now they're so ramped up that they can't ramp back down. It's like after you spend 26 hours awake, you can't fall asleep. The media have been doing that. Right? They're high on their own farts and they can't get over it. And so everything at this point is about the crisis. Now, you might look around and say to yourself, wait a second, there is no crisis. It turns out the vast majority of Americans are already pretty sanguine about the election. If you look at the polling data right now, a lot of Republicans are mistrusting the system. A lot of Republicans are upset about the system, but overall, eight in 10 Americans believe that the election is over. Only 3% of Americans by polling data believe that Donald Trump will end up as president of the United States on January 20th. In other words, people are coming to the conclusions they want to come to. There's no violence in the streets. By the way, it would have been precisely the opposite if Trump had won. Right? If Trump had op openly and obviously won on election night, they'd boarded up all the stores in the major cities. Right? There would have been actual street-level violence if Donald Trump had won the election on election night. So spare me the hysterics about how the United States is in the middle of an anti-democratic meltdown. It is not even close to that. But the media have decided that because they have to manufacture this narrative from whole cloth, that everything is in crisis, right? We're in crisis mode. I'm asking you, look around you today. Do you see crisis? Seriously, do you see crisis? Wherever you are living, do you see people in the streets burning things? Do you see people rioting and looting? That's more than you could say six months ago when Democrats were egging on people rioting and looting. Do you see violence in the streets? Do you see mayhem? Do you, see, do you foresee a future in which Donald Trump, even after all the legal challenges go through, and let's say that all the legal challenges are rejected and the election is certified, do you see Donald Trump holding up in the Oval Office and snorting blow and firing machine guns through the door and shouting, say hello to my little friend? Do you see that happening? Or do you see him leaving in an orderly transition of power, just like every other president since the foundation of the republic? Can we get over ourselves, in other words? But no, we cannot, because the media have to, here's the thing, the media, their biggest meta-narrative, the biggest meta-narrative of all was probably the biggest lie, which was that Trump was an overt threat to American democracy. Trump was a fascist, he was orange Hitler, and he was going to ruin American democracy top to bottom. Now, those of us who watched the political system closely saw that we didn't like a lot of Trump's rhetoric, but he was not a threat to the systems, like in any way, shape, or form. In fact, he was much less of a threat to the system than Barack Obama, right? Barack Obama utilized widespread executive orders in dramatically in dramatically extensive ways that Trump never touched. Barack Obama actually went after journalists. Like he, his own DOJ wiretapped journalists. Barack Obama was a president who militarized his IRS against conservatives by essentially implying they should do it. And then they went ahead and they did it. And Barack Obama did threaten some of the foundational institutions of the Republic. Donald Trump really did not. It was the outgoing Obama administration that politicized its intelligence agencies to go after people like Michael Flynn without any actual legal basis for doing so. So spare me all of this. Donald Trump was a fat. But here's the thing. The media have been so invested in the notion that Donald Trump is Hitlerian that even after they believe that he has lost the election, and even though they know that if Trump 
is found to have lost the election here, he is going to leave in an orderly transition of power, they have to maintain the fiction because otherwise it turns out they've been full of crap for years. If it turns out that Donald Trump complains, says that he didn't win the election, says he didn't lose the election, complains it was voter fraud and voter irregularity, but he leaves and turns over the keys and nothing else happens, it turns out that he was not a threat to the republic. He never was a threat to the republic. And the media can't handle that because if that's true, then the media just went hog wild hysterical over almost literally nothing. They are not heroes. They are not democracy dies in darkness. They are just a bunch of hysterical ninnies who spend their days wrapping themselves up in the mantle of protecting democracy while actually just screaming at the moon. That's what they, and so they have to maintain that fiction. So that's what we're getting today. The first indicator this was happening, um, well, not the first indicator, but the most obvious indicator this was happening yesterday uh, was Secretary of State Mike Pompeo did a presser. <coughs> at that presser, he was asked about transition of power and he made a joke. It is perfectly obvious this is a joke. Like, incredibly obvious this is a joke. He smiles at the end and people laugh. I understand that members of the left have an investment in pretending they don't understand jokes. It's one of the great irritants of my, of my life in the industry that I am in. I will tell a joke. The media will steadfastly insist I did not tell a joke, critique the joke, and then say that it would have been funny if it had been a joke. That's the way all of this works. But if I do a 10-minute segment, a, a humor segment, reading straight the lyrics to WAP, this is treated as though I am perfectly serious. Right now, this is the way that the media treat any conservative who tells a joke. Okay, so Mike Pompeo tells a joke yesterday. Right, this is a joke. He is joking. It is perfectly obvious he is joking. Now, I'm not a person who dismisses straight statements as jokes when they are not jokes. This is clearly a joke. Okay, and then not only is it a joke, he follows up by explaining that there will be an orderly transition of power. The media decide that what Mike Pompeo is actually saying is there will be no orderly transition of power and that he and Donald Trump are going to call in the tanks to defend the White House from the, from the invasion of Joe Biden. Okay, here's the actual clip. You tell me whether you think that Mike Pompeo is joking here. He is obviously joking here. There will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. All right, we're, we're ready. The, the world is watching what's taking place here. We're going to count all the votes. When the process is complete, there'll be electors selected. There's a process. The Constitution lays it out pretty clearly. The world should have every confidence that the transition necessary to make sure that the State Department is functional today, successful today, and successful with the president who's in office on January 20th, a minute afternoon, will also be successful. Okay, that last statement is exactly what Democrats have been asking Mike Pompeo to say. And every other Republican, there will be a smooth transition of power. That first statement is clearly a joke. Right? He's joking that there's going to be a transition to a second Trump term, and then he moves on to, and then whoever the president is, there will be a smooth transition, right? That's what he says. The media lost their bleep over this. They lost their bleep. How dare Mike Pompeo? That's not a joke. He's probably serious. Probably Mike Pompeo is going to call out the, the Proud Boys, and they're going to hold themselves up in the Oval Office. Or alternatively, you guys are hysterical, ridiculous people. Hysterical, ridiculous people. Because everyone on both sides of the aisle is saying the same thing. They are. Everyone is saying. There's a legal process. The legal process will be carried forward. And guess what? When the legal process is over, one of these two people is going to be president of the United States or president-elect of the United States, and then we're going to move forward because that's how it works. That's how it works, gang. Everybody knows this, except the mainstream media, which, again, are invested in the false narrative that we are on the verge of watching democracy melt down. They are invested in that narrative because that's the narrative they've been pushing for four years. If it turns out that democracy did not melt down during Trump's term and will not melt down if there is a transition from Trump's term, it turns out they were just overt liars for four years, and they can't handle that. So instead, they'll just keep lying. Better to maintain the fiction than to acknowledge the reality. Okay, in just one second, 
We'll get to more of this because it turns out that Republicans are being straightforward about this. There's a legal process. It will be fulfilled. And if there's a transition of power called for, there will be a transition of power. We'll get to more of that in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that businesses have had to be pretty flexible this year from working remotely to pivoting their business models for long-term survival and growth. If you're in charge of hiring for your business, these pivots have made your job even more challenging, especially if you have to hire for brand new roles. Thankfully, there's one place that you can always count on to make hiring faster and easier, ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. It is a great place to ensure that if you have to replace an employee, for example, that you are able to do so in quick and easy fashion and improve your employment around the office. Like, let, let's say, for example, that you have an a employee, she's just fabulous, her name is Savannah, and let's say that she's really terrific, but there's only one problem. She, she tends to send over the ads like very late in the morning, so you don't actually get to take a look at the ads until like right before, like right before the actual broadcast. And so it's slightly confusing for you. Well, then you might think to yourself, well, maybe you have to replace Savannah. And then you check out ZipRecruiter.com. So right now, try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. Let ZipRecruiter take hiring off your plate so you can focus on growing your business. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Go check them out right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. Alrighty, so... It's not just Mike Pompeo who is saying the perfectly obvious. Mitch McConnell is saying the perfectly obvious. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, who is going to be the check against Joe Biden if, uh, in fact, Joe Biden is uh, inaugurated in January. Mitch McConnell says, of course, there's going to be a transition. I don't know why you guys are, are so eager and, and freaking out. Like, what exactly is going on that, is, that has got your knickers in a twist? I don't think we're going to have an interrupted transition to whoever is the next administration. I think we ought to quit all the hand-wringing and not act like this is extraordinary. We're gonna get through this period and we'll swear in the winner on January the 20th, 2021, just like we have every four years since 1793. Okay, well, um, so uh, what's the controversy here? I I'm, just, I'm just confused. What exactly is the controversy here? There is no controversy here. You know who else says there's no controversy here? See, this is the funny thing about the supposedly incoming Biden administration, Biden's going to say stuff and everybody's just going to ignore him. Right? Biden is just the old man sitting in the corner, just happy to be there. Right? Like, he, he's so happy, Biden, right now, because he thinks he won the presidency. And so he's just sitting over in the corner and everybody is ignoring him. Like He has nothing of relevance to say. The media are angry because they don't actually want to listen to Joe Biden when Joe Biden says there will be a smooth and orderly transition and this is really not that big a deal. Right? Biden said the obligatory words about how Trump is a poor sport and how he should just concede. But then he was asked about the transition. And Biden's like, yeah, there'll be a transition. Even Joe Biden is like, you guys are like, can everybody just calm the hell down a little bit? Like the election happened last Tuesday. It is eight days later. Okay, it turns out, again, not a single state is going to certify its vote until next week at the very earliest. And not a single elector is going to vote until mid-December. So just cool your jets. Even Joe Biden is like, you guys, like, what, what's the crisis here exactly? Like, I might find it annoying, I might find it irritating, but is it a crisis of constitutional government? Here's Joe Biden telling everybody to cool it, and then the media just ignoring him because Joe Biden has been irrelevant since the start, continues to be irrelevant, and will be irrelevant throughout his administration. We are already beginning the transition. We're well underway. And uh, the ability uh, for uh, the administration in any way by failure to recognize this our win uh, does not uh, change the dynamic at all and what we're able to do. So I'm confident that uh, the fact that they're not willing to acknowledge we won at this point 
is uh, not of much consequence in our planning and what we're able to do between now and January 20th. Okay, so that is Joe Biden literally saying none of this is a big deal. And then the media are like, no, it's a huge deal. A huge deal. Is it, this is all fantasy land crap from, from the media. So here's some of the media overreaction. So Frank Filiuzzi, who's a former FBI official who appears on MSNBC to say hysterically wrong things. He appeared with Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, where he explained that essentially you are now seeing the predicate to a barricaded subject in the White House. So he literally thinks that Donald Trump is going to do the Scarface routine. He literally thinks that Donald Trump is going to go out there and he's going to grab some barbed wire and he's going to start stringing it along the front of the White House. And then he's going to hole up in there with an RPG. Here's Frank Filiuzzi, an actual paid contributor at MSNBC saying a silly, silly thing. Well, we're coming very close to having what the Bureau calls a barricaded subject. Uh, the barricaded subject is in the White House. And what we saw the, pres the president-elect do today was right on the money with regard to initial negotiation with a barricaded subject. You want to let that barricaded subject know that this is going to be okay. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. You can vent and vent and vent. You can call me names and not acknowledge my authority outside the perimeter here. But eventually, we're going to get this done. And eventually, in this case, Nicole, there's going to be a time where Joe Biden calls the SWAT team. What in the actual hell is he talking about? Like, it's a hostage negotiation? What? So it's like Waco, is what you're saying. Like It's Ruby Ridge or Waco, is what Frank Filiuzzi is saying. Now, he's not being hysterical at all. That is a perfectly objective, newsy take over on MSNBC. I'm supposed to respect these media outlets. I'm supposed to pretend that these people are, are truth tellers and they are objective news journalists. Come the hell on. Come the hell on. I mean, that, honestly, that's, that's really funny. Like the fact that members of MSNBC are like, he's just like a barricaded subject. I mean, he's just like a man who's taking his wife hostage and threatening to shoot her in the face. What we have to do is we have to have a hostage negotiation. And the best hostage negotiator I know is the senile old man in the corner talking to the tree. Okay, Frank Filiuzzi, thank you for that. That very, very... Newsy update from MSNBC. Here, and get to more of this in just one second. Because again, the narrative that's being crafted in real time is that we have to rush. We have to rush because if we don't rush, there'll be a coup. There's no coup. There's no rush. Everything is fine. Calm your asses down. Here, and get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that when you look around your house, what you see is a lot of nice stuff, right? Your house looks pretty nice, but something seems a little dingy. You know what it is? It's your window coverings. Yep, now you're looking around. Now you see it, don't you? And you're like, oh, Shapiro's right. This is why you should go check out blinds.com. Blinds.com makes it simple to shop top quality blinds, shades, and interior shutters from home with easy online ordering and free shipping. The experts at blinds.com understand that window treatments are one of those household items you don't just think about. They can make a huge impact on the look and feel of your home. You don't need to do a full renovation by simply changing what's on your windows. You can change the way light comes into your home, which is a huge thing. You can create a totally different feel. Blinds.com has helped millions of homeowners through the process. Plus, they guarantee the perfect fit, whether you do it yourself or have the measure and install everything for you. We've been using Blinds.com at our new home. It is just fabulous. Go right now. See how much you can save at Blinds.com. When you check out online, don't forget to tell them you heard about Blinds.com from this, the greatest of all shows, The Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Go right now. Check out Blinds.com. Make your house look better. Do it for the best possible price. And again, they guarantee the perfect fit. Check them out right now, blinds.com, and make sure that when you check out, you let them know that we sent you, the Ben Shapiro Show sent you. Go check them out. All righty, so Jesse Wegman has an opinion piece today, a member of the editorial board of the New York Times, which, of course, is basically just salon.com at this point. He has a piece today titled, The Republican Party is Attacking Democracy. Our survival as a nation depends, above all, 
on the loser accepting the results of an election. Okay, well, the results of the election are not yet clear. Okay, the results of the election have not yet been certified. Not one state has certified its vote. Not one elector has voted. It would be a threat to democracy if, say, we went through this entire legal process and the election was certified and all the electors voted. And then Trump was like, I'm not leaving. Right? Then you would have a constitutional crisis. There is no indicator that this is going to happen. But it doesn't matter. The media, again, have to spin this narrative that Trump was always a threat to democracy, and that justified us being absolute horrific garbage at our job. It justified us silencing dissent. It justified us reporting rumor. It justified us reporting anonymous bullcrap for years, because after all, if you're reporting on Orange Hitler, you have to make sure that you stop Orange Hitler by any means necessary. And now, when it appears that Trump might leave office, they have to re-examine all of their premises. Wait a second. Hitler never left office. Right? See, the hallmark of dictators is that they don't leave. The hallmark of dictators is that if they are challenged, they liquidate their dissenters. But Trump isn't doing any of that. So one of two things is true. Either the media are a bunch of liars who spun out this bizarre narrative and now are forced to confront that false city, or Trump actually is going to be Orange Hitler. And that in the end, Donald Trump is going to call in the jackboots. So they're just going to continue playing in this fantasy land. I mean, it really is an incredible thing. They are so stuck in their own heads that they can't get out. So Jesse Wegman says, it, it turns out there was a coordinated attack on the 2020 election after all. It began several years ago and accelerated in the last several months. Now that election day has passed, it has launched into overdrive. Its weapons are baseless insinuation and evidence-free charges deployed solely to sow chaos and undermine the results of a free and fair election, one that produced a clear winner and an even clearer loser. But the most dangerous attackers are not the Russians or the Chinese. They're the leaders of the Republican Party. In the face of a commanding national triumph by President-elect Joe Biden, not just an electoral college victory, but a popular vote margin approaching 5 million, President Trump and top Republicans are behaving like spoiled children, refusing to let go of their toys. Now, I have a question. Um, Stacey Abrams, governor of Georgia, right? No, no. Bueller? Hillary Clinton, right? Legit president of the United States in 2016. Donald Trump, illegitimate. Russian collusion, Facebook's fault, etc. I'm just, I'm not willing to hear that it is a deep and abiding threat to democracy when people use the legal process in order to challenge a vote. So just to be straight about this, the media's take is that if the entire intelligence apparatus is mobilized in order to investigate a bullcrap claim of Russian collusion, that is not in fact a coup. And if you say it's a coup, you're really bad. But it is a coup if you file a lawsuit that goes to court and then you abide by the results. I don't think you know what the word coup means, you asshats. I really don't. I don't think you know what, what any of this means. I don't think you know what fascism means. I don't think you know what coup means. I don't think you know what any of this means. So what is their proof that the coup is happening? The proof is that Republicans won't congratulate Joe Biden. Now, I'm unaware of a constitutional provision that says that you have to congratulate a person who is not yet officially the president-elect. Okay, Joe Biden, he is projected to be the president-elect. Right, that is true. It is true that Donald Trump has a heavy legal burden in order to demonstrate voter fraud sufficient to overturn election results. All of that is true. It is true that if you had to place money on it right now, Joe Biden is the most likely person to be taking the oath of office on January 20th. And if you had to bet, that is true. None of that means that there is anything mandating that people say that Joe Biden is president-elect now or that, or, that, or that President Trump concede the election before all of the legal challenges are exhausted, especially if he believes that there is serious voter fraud. And yet this is the proof. The proof of fascism is not that Trump is holding up in the Oval Office and preparing the brigades. The proof of fascism is that Ron Johnson won't say congratulations to Joe Biden. If that's, if that's your proof of fascism, guys, I, I have a feeling that you really don't know what fascism is. Here was an MSNBC reporter haranguing various Republicans for not saying congratulations to Joe Biden. Because again, apparently, according to Article 79 of the Constitution of the United States, if Republican senators refuse to congratulate 
the projected winner of an election three weeks before the actual electoral vote, well, that means that there's a coup underway. Everybody on red alert, DEFCON 1 gang, here is MSNBC harassing Republican senators. Did Vice President Biden win the election? It'll play out. We'll know when the, the electors come to town and it's official. Senators, did Vice President Biden win the election? We don't know yet. Was there any fraud in your race as far as you know? I don't believe so. Iowa has a really great election system and I, I trust the integrity of our process. It's Do you suspect system. fraud anywhere else? Um, I, I can't speak to that. Have you spoken to Vice President Biden yet? I have not. Do you believe he won the election? Okay, so, and, and, and they won't say, they won't say if they believe he won the election. Wow, a coup, a coup. So Brandon Keeler over at CNN. I was in the gym when this was playing yesterday. And even I was like, come on, come on. Should this whole harangue about how terrible it was that Republican senators would not actually congratulate Joe Biden. And then she showed a list of the various Republican senators who had not congratulated Joe Biden. Here were, and, and by the way, the Chiron on this read, Trump's defiance fueled by enablers like Barr, McConnell, Fox. Now, remember, Brianna Keeler is not supposed to be a, a, an opinion host, right? She is not supposed to be Rachel Maddow. Right? If this were a Rachel Maddow thing, I'd be like, okay, whatever. That's, that's okay. Understood. But she's not, right? She's, a, she's, an, she's an objective journalist. Journalisming over at CNN. The Chiron reads, Trump's defiance fueled by enablers like Barr, McConnell, Fox. I mean, that's pure opinion. There is, there is in no way... That, that is not a factual statement. Okay, first of all, defiance, fueled, right? These are all opinion terms. They're fueled by enable. Like, how do you know any of this? This is your opinion. Maybe it's good opinion. Maybe it's true opinion. Maybe it's wrong opinion. I don't know. But, but one thing is for sure, you are not in any way an objective journalist. And I'm unaware of the constitutional provision that suggests GOP senators have to congratulate Joe Biden and that, and that if they don't, we declare a coup and roll in the tanks to stop Donald Trump. Here was Breonna Keeler yesterday. The Republican senators who are still silent about Biden's win, they're enablers too. And here is the list. We're going to leave this up for a second because it is rather long. But if a GOP senator is not named Romney, Sass, Murkowski, or Collins, they're on this list. Where the sound of silence is more abundant than that Simon and Garfunkel song where the duo wrote about silent masses who didn't use their voices. Quote, and the people bowed and prayed to the neon god they made, end quote, that they made. These senators who are not powerless, they're just afraid of the consequences of using their power, which is where courage comes in. And so far, at least, they lack the courage to serve their country over their party. So much objective journalism right there. I mean, the, the hallmark of objective journalism is when in the middle of a news report, you start quoting Simon and Garfunkel lyrics. That is definitely the, the, the mark of objective journalism. I can't count the number of times Walter Cronkite randomly launched into Rolling Stones lyrics just, to, just for, for no reason. By the way, if that is your height of cultural reference, move on, move on, Brianna. By the way, she got mad at me for pointing this out yesterday. She, she, she got very angry at me on Twitter for pointing out that this was a, a very, very silly segment and that she, in fact, is masquerading as, a, as, a, as an objective journalist. She tweeted at me. She said, no, I said it shows a lack of courage prioritizing the country. And I'll add to that here, class, all of which Republicans have historically prided themselves on. If you're going to quote me, quote me. Tweet storming a straw man is a weak move. I didn't quote her. I literally just said that there is no constitutional provision mandating that people congratulate a person who is not yet president-elect. I tweeted back, that's all fine opinion. It is not objective journalism. I also don't remember the same umbrage regarding, say, Governor Stacey Abrams of Georgia. No reply from a Brianna Keeler at this hour. We'll bring you all updates.
In just a second, we'll get to more media malfeasance because here's the thing. This is now being spun into an attack on any news that Democrats don't like, which is not a shock. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about your safety and security. So I'm deeply concerned always about safety and security. Unfortunately, I receive more than my share of death threats, and that is why I've relied for my security on Ring for literally years. Not only that, I have small children. My small children run around the house and they clock themselves. I can't keep an eye on all of them at once, but with my Ring cameras, I definitely, definitely can. There are a thousand reasons why protecting your home matters to you. Ring has security products for every corner of your home, inside and out. Best of all, you can see it all in one simple app with Ring. You can keep an eye on your home no matter where you are, right from your phone. If someone stops by or if something is going on, Ring will let you know. It's peace of mind anytime knowing your home is protected. Whatever you call home, Ring has everything you need to protect it. See and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere with video doorbells. Keep an eye on every corner of your house with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. Protect your whole home with Ring Alarm, a powerful, affordable whole home security system you can easily install yourself. Get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit right now at ring.com slash Ben. It comes with Ring's Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. It is the perfect way to start your Ring experience. Go to ring.com slash Ben. Once more, that is ring.com slash Ben for the special deal. Alrighty, so... Here's the reality. The media, of course, are invested in the narrative that this is a constitutional crisis and something deeply horrible is going on unless everybody congratulates Joe Biden. I do love Brianna Keeler of CNN suggesting that the Republicans who have historically prided themselves on class and decency, they're acting in an unclassy way. Yeah, I remember all those times CNN gave Republicans credit for being classy. Remember that? Do you remember that? No, because it never happened? Yeah, me neither. Don Lemon kind of let the cat out of the bag uh, last night on CNN. He basically said, listen, you have to give us some time to get over this. And that's what's happening right here. The media need Trump. The media love Trump. They need him because he makes them feel so good about themselves. They get to claim that big orange Hitler over here justifies anything they do. They can be just as bad as they want to be because after all, they are just policing, policing the most dangerous threat to the Republic. And well, now the prospect is that Donald Trump will not be president in January and the media are the ones who are pushing that prospect. So now they're stuck in this this kind of awkward place where they want to cover Donald Trump. They need to cover Donald Trump. But they're looking at a future where there may not be a Donald Trump to cover. They're looking at a future where they may have to masquerade as journalists again, but they're not going to, of course. They're going to declare whichever Republican is on the next next on the list is is the new orange Hitler. Nikki Haley will be the uh, the Indian Hitler or it'll be Ron DeSantis, the Florida man Hitler. It'll always be, the next Republican will always justify the media's malfeasance because they're never going to change their practices. They're never going to be introspective enough to recognize that they are not, in fact, journalists. They are just activists masquerading. Here is Don Lemon letting the cat out of the bag. We're having a hard time getting over the fact that we've spent the last four years targeting this guy, and then he may not be there for us to bounce off of. This is like, give us a while here in the news media because, you know, we have to, we got to learn how to quit the other person, right? It's like a breakup. We got to get the other president, the other out of our phone contacts so we can stop talking about it. Right now he's flailing. Everything is flailing, flailing, flailing. I'm just here to tell you it's going to be okay. He's just flailing. Okay, but the reality is what he says at the very beginning. They are having a hard time breaking up with Trump, which shows the game, right? The game for the media was always using Trump as a baton to club everybody who disagrees. The, The facts don't matter to our media, to our steam media. Let's just be clear about this. The facts are secondary to the narrative. Okay, so this became perfectly obvious. There's a game that's being played right now, and this is a dangerous game. It's been played by the media for a while, where facts are secondary to the narrative. Right? Whatever the story is, if the story cuts against Republicans, it is a good story. If the story cuts against Democrats, it is a bad story. 
Not only is it a bad story, it is now deemed misinformation. The media have played this game, particularly with social media, where they have declared that anything they don't like is misinformation. They've expanded the term misinformation from false stories to things we don't like. This is how you got the Hunter Biden story censored by social media and by other media outlets for three weeks leading up to the election. And the New York Post's Twitter account suspended by Twitter for a story that was not factually untrue. Right? This is the game. This is, again, the narrative for the media matter because they are activists. Understand this. Journalists, your objective journalistic crew, they are not journalists. They are activists. They are activists masquerading as journalists. Okay, and not only that, they have decided that they are going to use their journalistic bona fides in order to pressure social media and other outlets into quashing people who disagree with them. So your objective journalists will say over at CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times, they'll say things like, you know, Daily Wire, which is probably the most popular right-wing site on the internet. Daily Wire, my, my outlet, that, you know, they, they're very biased. They're not objective news. They're really not a news outlet. They're more of an opinion outlet. And, and they're, they're, they're misinformation. And then we'll say, okay, you need to show us like what we said that is untrue. I'll say, well, it, it's from a conservative angle. Like, right, we say that it's from a conservative angle. Say, yeah, yeah, but it's misinformation. Like, well, no, it's not misinformation. We're actually more honest than you are because we say exactly what we are while you masquerade. And then these media outlets, they go to the social media heads and they say, because we called it misinformation, and because we are objective, we have declared ourselves objective, you should stop the dissemination of this misinformation. You should downgrade the material. This is the game here, right? Anything is justified so long as you're fighting the fascists. And the fascists are all people you disagree with. A perfect example of this yesterday. And, and, and social media heads go for this, by the way. Social media heads at, at Facebook and at, and at Twitter and at YouTube, they buy this. They're just looking for an excuse. They have a bunch of woke staffers and they are looking for an excuse to please their woke staffers by lying and labeling stuff that cuts against the woke and cuts against the left, misinformation. Perfect case in point example yesterday. Kevin Roost, who is an activist, okay? He is not a tech journalist. He calls himself a tech columnist for the New York Times. And he's just, he's garbage at his job. Every single day, Kevin Roost tweets out the most highly trafficked links on Facebook or the most engaged links on Facebook. And usually... It's a bunch of conservative links. And the reason for that is because conservatives have no other place to gather their news other than via conservative outlets on Facebook. Because the fact is that the New York Times is not, not a single Trump voter that I am aware of works at the New York Times. Not one, right? Nobody works at CNN who's an open Trump voter. Not one face on the network is an open Trump voter. At least not anybody who's not like a, a, a contributor they just bring on to Badger. Okay, so here is the game. Kevin Roos tweets those things out. He tweets out a list of engagement and it'll show like, us, Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's Facebook page, Dan Bongino, Mark Levin, right? That, that's what it'll show. And then he will direct that at Facebook and he'll say, you guys are obviously biasing your algorithm. How could you allow the dissemination of this sort of conspiratorial material? Now, he never actually has to show why that material is bad. In fact, even if the material is true, he treats it as false. And then the social media bros, they're like, oh, well, if Kevin Roos says so, we have to listen to Kevin Roos. He works for the New York Times. Or they go over to their friends over at PolitiFact or Snopes or factcheck.org all leftist interest groups who don't bother to fact, to fact check, they, they implication check or they narrative check. And then they these social media heads rely on the fact checking organizations to rule that something is false when it isn't in fact false. And then they downgrade all the material they don't like, right? This is the little game they play. So yesterday, Kevin Roos tweeted out, Facebook is absolutely teeming with right-wing misinformation right now. These are all among the 10 most engaged URLs on the platform over the last 24 hours per news whip. Okay, and then he tweets out the links. Here are the titles of the links. 
Republican in Michigan goes from loser to winner after technical glitch fixed. Officials urge confidence in system. That's from us over at Daily Wire. AG William Barr authorizes DOJ to look into voting irregularities. That's from Breitbart. Michigan legislature holds rare emergency session to investigate election irregularities. That's from Dan Bongino. Purdue, Loeffler, call on Georgia Secretary of State to resign over election. That's from Breitbart. He says that these are all right-wing misinformation. There's only one problem. Not one of those titles is inaccurate. Every single one of those is factual. Every single title is factual. And so I pointed this out. I pointed out that the goal here for Kevin Roos is not to police misinformation or bad data. The goal is to bully and club social media into downgrading conservative outlets. So here is how Kevin Roos responded. And this is the whole ballgame, folks, when it comes to the media. This is the whole ballgame. He responded. For the conservatives who are mad about this, yes, it is possible for a story to be factually accurate and for it to be part of a misinformation campaign aimed at undermining confidence in an election. So in other words, he's saying all these stories are accurate. All of them are factual, but I don't like the implication of the stories. Therefore, Facebook should downgrade them. I don't like the narrative that is forwarded by these stories. Therefore, Facebook should censor them. So in other words, if it doesn't match a narrative I don't like, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to pretend that it is a lie. And then I'm going to call on social media to censor it. I'm going to call on our newspapers not to cover it. Right? This is the game, and it is the most dangerous game. When I say that the media rigged this last election, again, I don't mean that they changed the balloting. What I mean is that they lied about the narratives, and they promoted stories that were designed to forward the narratives, and they, and they completely destroyed stories that were factual that undercut the narrative. Right? That's what the media did. That's why the media are garbage. They are garbage. They are unfixably garbage. When Kevin Roos acknowledges overtly that it is possible for a story to be factually accurate and for him to call it misinformation anyway because it is part of a quote-unquote misinformation campaign aimed at undermining confidence in an election. He's making the agenda perfectly obvious. If it does not match Kevin Roos's political priors, if it doesn't match the New York Times or the CNN or MSNBC's political priors, well, then it isn't news. It's unfactual. We're just going to ignore those stories or pretend that they're false or we will call them misinformation. Now, let me just point out, by Kevin Roos's standard, Donald Trump is 190% correct in calling the New York Times fake news, right? Because under Donald Trump's standard, the New York Times is constantly printing stories, many of which are factually true, but forward a false narrative. So for example, the New York Times for years printed anonymous allegations about Donald Trump and Russian collusion. Did it turn out that that was all false? Yes, it turned out there was no Russian collusion. Right? That's what the Mueller report found. Okay, how about the New York Times promoting the, the narrative of systemic racism? Right? They print stories that are factually true on their face, but don't go further than our, but don't go far enough to actually include the relevant details. And then they forward a narrative. It doesn't mean the story is factually untrue. It doesn't mean I'm calling for the New York Times to be censored. But folks on the left do call for censorship. Folks on the left are looking for social media to prevent you from seeing the information you want to see. This is the goal. Okay, this is not a mistake. Kevin Roos is, is being very, very open about this. The pressure tactics are on. The media are garbage, and the media are attempting to leverage social media to shut down anybody they don't like. That is what you are seeing in real time right now. That's why the media are so invested in this coup narrative. Because again, the coup narrative allows them to suppress information they don't like, because after all, if you're stopping Hitler, you can suppress bad information. Right? You you have to prevent the Nazis from getting their message out. Well, what if they aren't Nazis? What if they're just people who disagree with you? And what if they're saying is actually true? We'll get to all of this. In, and more in just one second. Because it, do, it turns out they're not just targeting conservative news. They're not just targeting you and preventing you from seeing the information you want to see. They're targeting individuals who have the temerity to just disagree. It's not about, it's not even about 
pretending it's misinformation anymore. They're just going after people who they think disagree in any way at all. We're going to get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you're a business owner and you're trying to call people, it's a mistake, right? People don't like picking up the phone anymore. And most emails, if, especially if they're from your business to a customer, they end up in the spam folder. Here's what you need to do. You need to be using text messages. 97% of text messages do get open. 90% are open within three minutes. You need to be texting your customers. If you're spending time on the phone, scheduling appointments, you need Podium. If you're sending invoices in the mail, you need Podium. If you need to convert more sales from your website, you need Podium. Podium is a business messaging tool that gets you off the phone and into texting. I can't tell you how many times I've responded to a text from a business, but every time the business calls me, it goes straight to voicemail. Podium brings all your messages into one centralized inbox. Your whole team can access letting you save time while responding to customers faster. If you need more reviews on Google or Facebook, you text it. If you need an invoice, you text it. If you got to schedule an appointment, you just send a text. And this is super helpful to your business. It will make it more effective and more efficient for a limited time. Sign up for 20% off your plan. Podium is so confident that if you don't make your business better within 90 days with Podium, they will send you a $150 Amazon gift card for the holidays. So, no risk. Head on over to podium.com slash Shapiro to get started. That is 20% off if you go to P-O-D-I-U-M, Podium dot com slash Shapiro and make your business more tech savvy with text messaging. Go to podium.com slash Shapiro today. Okay, we're going to get to the actual allegations of voter fraud. We're going to get to the targeting of people who disagree, individuals who disagree, not just media outlets like mine, but individuals who disagree like you. We're going to get to that in just one second. First, if you weren't already disgusted by the legacy media, you absolutely should be now. The media preemptively called the election in favor of Joe Biden. And now they're claiming that Trump is cooing because he is not conceding, even though the legal process has not yet played out. But just because CNN or MSNBC, or Fox News declare something, that doesn't actually make it true. It means that they're pushing a narrative. Not only that, the media have already shifted from demonizing Trump and his supporters to flattering Biden and Harris before they've even taken office. I mean, they went from, we are the rabid watchdogs on behalf of democracy, democracy dies in darkness, to can we lick your... They went, they went real fast from one to the other. The dust hasn't even settled. We're already reading stories about Joe's rescue dogs and Jill's stunning wardrobe. If you are sick of the media feeding you the narrative, Replace your cable and your news subscriptions. Head on over to Daily Wire right now. We have big plans for the next four years. We are the replacement media. It starts today. Candace Owens, New York Times bestselling author, founder of the Blexit Foundation, is joining the Daily Wire. She'll be launching a brand new show with us early next year. We are also launching an entertainment channel, a new investigative journalism team. We are building partnerships with like-minded content creators like PragerU, whose entire show library will be available to dailywire.com members by the end of the year. We are going after legacy media. We are providing you an alternative. We're going to do it by building a huge membership base of supporters like you. And right now, just to show you we're serious, we are offering 25% off all memberships with code ELECTION over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Members, get our articles ad-free, access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro Show, exclusive Reader's Pass content available only to Daily Wire members. If you're considering that all-access membership, you get to join us on All Access Live every single night for live stream discussions with our hosts and an amazing online community. You also get not one, but two leftist tiers tumblers with your membership, as well as early, sometimes exclusive access to new Daily Wire products. So remember, that's 25% off all memberships with code ELECTION over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Replace the legacy establishment media with Daily Wire. You won't regret it. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty, so it's not just that the media promote false narratives. It's not just that they push for the suppression of narratives they don't like, even if those narratives happen to be backed by the fact. It is also that the left, in general, is now targeting individuals. Right? We've known this for a while, right? You've felt this in your business. You work at a company, I can't tell you the number of letters and calls I receive along these lines. I work at, I mean, from prominent people. 
I work at this company, I work in this industry, and people are, are basically threatening to blackball me unless I do exactly what they want me to do. And this is cheered on. It's cheered on. So the garbage people over at the Lincoln Project have decided that they are now going after Jones and Day, right? Jones Day. Jones Day is one of the biggest law firms in the country. They tweeted out yesterday, employees of Jones Day and Porter Wright, do you believe your law firms should be attempting to overturn the will of the American people? According to law.com, the American lawyer, the Lincoln Project, a political action committee founded by former Republican figureheads, is pledging to spend at least $500,000 on an advertising blitz vowing to target Jones Day and Porter Wright Morris and Arthur for their role as counsel to the Pennsylvania Republican Party and President Trump, respectively, as they bring unsupported claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election. Right, again, they are threatening Jones Day. And in fact, the Lincoln Project was attempting to out individual lawyers. They were saying you should harass the lawyers at Jones Day for representing the Pennsylvania Republican Party in court. Now, by the way, that is the lawsuit that is most likely to succeed, right? The Pennsylvania Republican Party is suing because they say that the Supreme Courts in that the courts in, in Pennsylvania basically usurped the legislative authority in lengthening the election by allowing ballots arriving after Election Day still to be counted, even if they did not have proper postmarks. And now the Lincoln Project is going after the lawyers. Now, let me just be frank about this, okay? I've worked in big law. Okay, big law is a Democratic repository. I would say that 80% of people who work in big law are Democrats. It is, it is a very, very Democratic industry. Doesn't matter. Lincoln Project is still going after Jones Day for having the temerity to represent a client. So Jones Day actually had to put out a statement yesterday because of all this nonsense. He said, Jones Day is not representing President Trump, his campaign, or any affiliated party in any litigation alleging voter fraud. Jones Day is also not representing any entity in any litigation challenging or contesting the results of the 2020 general election. Jones Day is representing the Pennsylvania GOP in pending litigation brought by private parties in April 2020 and the Pennsylvania Democratic Party in August 2020. In that litigation, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court issued an order extending the statutory deadline to return mail-in ballots established by the Pennsylvania General Assembly. The case presents an important and recurring rule of law question under the U.S. Constitution. Jones Day will not withdraw from that representation. Jones Day expects the media will correct the numerous false reports given the facts set forth above. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're not. Okay, the, the media will not retract any of that stuff. Uh, don't expect anybody to back off the Lincoln Project or a bunch of grifters seeking to make a bunch of Democratic money in the aftermath of failing inside the Republican Party. So this is why when you hear Joe Biden call for unity, when you hear from members of the media declaring a bright new dawn, an era of good feelings, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. You guys are too invested in destroying your political opposition for there to be an era of good feelings. I don't believe you. I am skeptical of your calls for unity. I think by unity, you mean shut the hell up. And we're not going to shut the hell up. We have no intention of shutting the hell up. We're not going to stop saying true things because they don't fit your narrative, Kevin Roos. We are not going to stop printing material that happens to be true, even though Facebook doesn't like it. And by the way, we are not going to be protecting the tech bros if the tech bros decide that they are going to suppress material on behalf of the Kevin Rooses and Kara Swishers and Judd Lagumblam of the world. We're not going to do that. Hey, this is a pressure campaign by the media to shift the nature of American politics, and you cannot go along with it, and we will not go along with it either. Hey, but inside the Democratic Party, that pressure campaign is on the march. Hey, that, that pressure campaign is not just on the march inside the, the media battle. It's on, it's on the march inside the Democratic Party. The woke have basically declared war on everyone who is not completely woke inside the Democratic Party. Rashida Tlaib and the squad are going to war against any Democrat who suggests maybe it's a bad idea to alienate half the American public by calling them racist, sexist, and bigots for not liking socialism. 
According to Politico, Rashida Tlaib isn't apologizing for wanting to yank money away from bad police departments. She has no second thoughts about her embrace of the Black Lives Matter movement or for wanting to aggressively fight climate change. House Democrats lost seats instead of expanding their majority, underperforming expectations across the board. And moderates have pounced on liberals like Tlaib. A pounce, pounce. The Michigan congresswoman accusing them of handing conservatives a set of slogans and policies to scare voters. But Tlaib and other House progressives don't want to hear it. It all amounts to unfair blame casting designed to shame them into staying quiet, they say, right as Democrats gain control of the White House. We're not going to be successful if we're silencing districts like mine, said Tlaib. Me not being able to speak on behalf of many of my neighbors right now, many of which are black neighbors, means me being silenced. I can't be silent. You see, if you oppose Rashida Tlaib's ridiculous and radical agenda, even inside the Democratic Party, this means you are a racist. She said, we are not interested in unity that asks people to sacrifice their freedom and their rights any longer. Right, so this is the thing. She doesn't want unity with 70 million Americans who voted for Trump. She doesn't even want unity with the vast majority of the Democratic Party who did not vote for Rashida Tlaib. And she wants dominance. So do the media. They also want dominance. And they will use the same slurs that they've used against Republicans, even against Democrats. See, this is the beauty of the woke. At least their purity test applies to their own party. In fact, there's a letter that went out yesterday from New Deal Strategies, the Justice Democrats, Sunrise Movement, and Data for Progress. These are some of the most radical groups inside the Democratic caucus. There's a letter that went out to various Democrats and, and to the media. What went wrong for congressional Democrats in 2020? Their answer was that they didn't go radical enough and that if you disagree with them, you are in fact a vicious and horrifying racist. They say over the last half century, Republicans have harnessed strategic racism to divide the electorate. Too often, Democrats shy away from conversations about race and keep issues of economic justice and racial justice in separate silos. Republican attacks levied at Democrats this cycle based on terms like defund the police or socialism have become scapegoats for representatives like Abigail Spanberger, Connor Lamb, and other senior Democrats. Not a single Democrat, progressive or otherwise, argued that Democrats should run primarily on these themes. Moreover, these attacks will never go away, nor will demands for reform from social movements. The attacks are designed to stoke racial resentment, which is core to the GOP's election strategy. Our party should not feed into it. Conservative Democrats may change the terms and people we blame and fear year by year. But Democrats must take on the Republican Party's divide and conquer racism head on and not demobilize our own base. Okay, so the good news is at least the woke are attacking even people inside their own party. So the media have fallen to the woke. The social media have fallen to the woke. The woke are taking on Democrats inside their own party. That is the battle of the future. Okay, the battle of the future is going to be over whether you even get to see the material you want to see, over whether you get to treat your friends and neighbors as friends and neighbors. This is why pasting over all of these deep philosophical conflicts, right? conflicts I talk about in my book, How to Destroy America in 380 Steps. Go pick it up today. Pasting over those deep philosophical conflicts with Grandpa Simpson over here, right? Joe Biden, it ain't going to work. It's why the media are militantly refusing to listen to Joe Biden when Joe Biden is like, listen, there's a process and the process will play out. No one, no one cares what Joe Biden has to say because the battle has moved beyond Joe Biden. Joe Biden may have been a last gasp attempt by Democrats to basically stop the battle from, from raging, but Joe Biden doesn't have the stones to actually stand up to his own party. Joe Biden doesn't have the stones to tell Michelle Obama to be quiet when she says things like 70 million Americans are motivated by hate and chaos and racism. He doesn't have the stones for that. Nobody in the Democratic Party has the stones for that. And so what this is going to come down to is a battle to suppress. Right? The media are going to continue pushing narratives they know are false because it justifies their behavior. Members of the Democratic Party are going to continue to justify their lies that Americans are broadly speaking racist because it justifies their strategy. And you are going to be the only people standing in the breach. And we are going to be standing with you in the breach. Right? That is the battle for the next decade.
The battle for the next decade is, will they be able to shut you up? Will they be able to tell you that because you are a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, you need to be shut up? Will they be able to say that things that are factually true are factually false because they do not agree with their narrative? Will they be able to take control of all the institutions to such an extent that you are forced not only to be quiet, but to mirror their political priorities? Because here's the thing. We went real fast in this country from, why can't we just have polite conversations about politics? Please stop being so so militant in your, in your pursuit of conservatism. To silence is violence. We went real fast from one to the other, didn't we? The progression went like this. You conservatives, you should be more polite. And conservatives are like, okay. And then it went to, well, you shouldn't just be polite. You should shut up, right? You should be silent. In fact, stay silent for your own safety. And many conservatives, because they felt like they were being browbeaten, were like, I, I guess, okay. And now the message is, if you do not literally repeat the words we are saying to you right now and agree that they are true, then we will castigate you as an enemy. If you refuse to say right now, President-elect Biden, because he is not in fact President-elect Biden, you are the enemy. If you refuse to say, America is systemically racist, you are the enemy. If you don't post a black square on your Facebook page, you are the enemy. If you refuse to post the, the tautological semantically overloaded lawn sign on your lawn, you are the enemy. That is the battle. The battle for the future is this culture war. It is the reason Trump was elected in 2016. It's the reason why Democrats did not see the, the vast amount of support that not only Trump, but Republicans across the country had in 2020. That battle is not going to abate anytime soon. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about the actual voter fraud allegations that are still out there. So yesterday, the former Nevada AG detailed some voter fraud allegations. Here was the former Nevada AG talking about it. Do you have specific sworn uh, allegations absolutely, that people are willing absolutely. to say that so, under oath? So the attorney general has been attacking me for a week without evidence, and he tweeted today that now we don't have, sub, there's not evidence of widespread voter fraud. So they've backed off the fact that there's zero voter fraud. Now they're saying mm -hmm. we haven't produced enough. We're outside of the system. This is a needle in a haystack type situation. We've produced mm -hmm. dead voters. We've also produced over 3,000 people that moved out of Las Vegas this year and still voted in this election. Okay, so is there evidence in, in a country of 150 million people of voter fraud? Sure. And, and voter irregularities? Sure. Again, the legal burden, as I keep saying, is very, very high here. The Trump campaign has to show not just that there was voter fraud, but also that it impacted the outcome of the election because the voter deficits in many of these states are tens of thousands of votes. Uh, it makes it difficult to prove that. One of the controversial cases that came up yesterday was one of a Pennsylvania postal worker. Originally, this Pennsylvania postal worker named Richard Hopkins, he claimed that a postmaster in Erie, Pennsylvania, instructed postal workers to backdate ballots mailed after Election Day. I talked about this on the show yesterday. Attorney General William Barr authorized federal prosecutors to open probes into credible allegations. Well, according to the Washington Post on Monday, Hopkins 32 told investigators from the U.S. Postal Service's Office of Inspector General the allegations weren't true. He signed an affidavit recanting his claims. Democrats on the House Oversight Committee tweeted late on Tuesday that the whistleblower completely recanted. Hopkins did not respond to messages from the Washington Post, but in a YouTube video he posted Tuesday night, he then denied recanting. He said, I'm here to say I did not recant my statements. That did not happen. So who do you believe? I don't know who to believe. Okay, but the bottom line is you'd have to prove the allegations anyway. The postal worker, again, said later on video that he had been pressured into, into recanting in some way. James O'Keefe tweeted out, we have recordings of the federal agents who coerced this man through a four-hour interrogation without representation, who stands by his original affidavit regarding backdating ballots, stand by for recordings doubling down on backdating ballots. This is Soviet-style truth suppression. U.S. official stands by his original affidavit. 
Earlier this week, of course, Senator, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham urged the DOJ and the Postmaster General to look into the allegations from Hopkins. Later on Tuesday night, O'Keefe dropped video of Hopkins claiming he did not recant his allegations and would like a retraction from the Washington Post. He said, you'll find out tomorrow. He said, I'd like the Washington Post to recount their wonderful little article they decided to throw out there. Then, in another post, O'Keefe published a video of Hopkins allegedly being pressed by Agent Russell Strasser and later telling O'Keefe he still stands by his claim. One of the quotes, Agent Strasser, I'm trying to twist you a little bit. So, he, uh, he apparently has been placed on non-pay status by the Postal Service. So we will bring you new details of that story as they arise. Meanwhile, the Allegheny Board of Elections voted on Tuesday to count more than 2,300 ballots that do not have dates on the outer envelope, according to numerous local news sources. Again, are these numbers that would shift the election in Trump's favor? Probably not. But if you are worried about voter fraud and voter irregularity, you should be worried about this story. The ballots, which have not been opened, all arrived on or before Election Day as they are stamped with a date when they are received, according to elections employees, TribLive.com reported. The Board of Elections, made up of Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald, Councilman Sam DeMarco, and Councilwoman Bethany Hallam, voted 2-1 to one to count those votes after a brief discussion. DeMarco voted against the motion. They are stamped with the date when they are received, of course, but they are not stamped with the, outer, with the postmark on the ballot. Apparently, the exact number of ballots that did not have dates on them was 2,349. Fox News notes that the law in the state says the ballot mailing envelope has to contain the date and that tens of thousands of ballots had still not been counted in Pennsylvania. Well, the good news is at least the New York Times called up the various election officials and got them to say there was no evidence of voter frauds. So that's exciting stuff. Because I know that the New York Times usually takes officials at their word. This is what the New York Times does. Now, let's say the New York Times has a story that something bad has happened inside the Trump administration. Usually they then call up the Trump official. And if the official says it didn't happen, the New York Times goes, oh, OK, and just moves on with their day. Or alternatively, that is not how any of this works. The New York Times has a piece today called The Times Called Officials in Every State, No Evidence of Voter Fraud. Oh, you mean the people who are in charge of overseeing elections say that they did a good job? Well, then everything's hunky-dory, I guess. Again, every allegation of voter fraud that is credible should be investigated. This is what the DOJ says. This is what reason tells you. The likelihood that it will impact the outcome of the election is not particularly high. But the notion that if you ask a question about it, that this means that you are bad, and that you have to be suppressed is, of course, incredibly, incredibly silly. Nonetheless, that is exactly what the New York Times is now saying. The New York Times suggests election officials in dozens of states representing both political parties said there was no evidence that fraud or other irregularities played a role in the outcome of the presidential race, amounting to a forceful rebuke of President Trump's portrait of a fraudulent election. Over the last several days, the president, members of his administration, congressional Republicans, and right-wing allies have put forth the false claim that the election was stolen from Mr. Trump and have refused to accept results that showed Joe Biden as the winner. But top election officials across the country said in interviews and statements, the process had been a remarkable success despite record turnout and the complications of a dangerous pandemic. Okay, just a quick note here. If Joe Biden had lost, do you think this would be the story? Let's say that Joe Biden had lost. And let's say that Joe Biden said, guys, I think there are voter irregularities. Or in the words of Joe Biden, Trump will not go to table. Let's say that he had said that. You think the New York Times calls up all the election officials and they all say it's clean? And then they're like, why won't Joe Biden concede? I, 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 again, have serious doubts about our mainstream media. Very, very serious doubts about the establishment media. That suddenly the election is fair and clean. Remember, up until the last two weeks of the election, the narrative from Democrats is that Trump was going to seal the election by burning mailboxes. That Louis DeJoy, the postmaster general, was taking mailboxes out of circulation and decommissioning machines that were able to sort mail-in ballots. Right? That was the narrative. It was all preset. Right? Biden had lost. That was going to be the narrative. It was voter suppression and Trump messing around with the balloting. 
But if Trump loses and then Trump has questions about voter fraud and voter irregularities, or anybody else does, then suddenly that's very bad because the election officials say it's clean. So guys, I guess that it's all clean. I guess that we are all good to go here. Again, none of this means that Trump will be declared the winner of the election or that the election results will be reversed. We don't know yet. It is unlikely. With that said, the the, the media's eagerness to put this thing to bed betrays a, a, a different agenda. I do not think that they are in it for the good of the country or the protection of democracy. I think they are in it for their own skins and the preservation of, of the narrative that says that their political enemies are, in, in fact, still deplorables. They do not have to investigate or understand in any way. Okay, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Our associate producers are Nick Sheehan and Rebecca Doyle. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith, Those are fundamental, and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. While tackling your New Year's goals, don't forget about your daily dose of fruits and vegetables, which just got easier to remember thanks to Balance of Nature. Their fruit and veggie capsules offer a convenient way to consume those essential nutritional ingredients daily. So improve your diet and feel your best this year. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code WIRE for 35% off, plus a free fiber and spice in your first order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code WIRE. Hold up. 